You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome to How to Citizen with Baratunde, a show where we reimagine the word citizen as a verb and remind ourselves how to wield our collective power. I'm Baratunde. For the next few episodes of the show, we're going to focus on one specific form of collective power, and that is voting. Voting is ground zero when it comes to laying the foundation for how to citizen. You can consider these next few episodes a series within a series. We'll bring you conversations with some of the most committed, experienced, and insightful people working to ensure that this part of our democracy functions well. These are the people who know how to citizen and are working hard to make sure 
all of us can do the same through this basic yet profound right that we have to vote and make our voices heard. There's really no such thing as sitting on the sidelines in an election. Every choice is a choice. And as I saw in a recent Instagram post, not voting still helps someone win. For this episode, I spoke with Maria Teresa Kumar, the CEO and founder of Voto Latino, the largest Latino voting rights organization in America, which has registered over 500,000 people to vote this year alone and helped millions of people understand how voting impacts their everyday lives in tangible ways. Now, you're going to hear Maria in this interview say a lower number of registrants, around 300,000. That's how fast they're moving. In the time since we did this conversation, Voto Latino has turned up the numbers even more. And by the time you hear this, it's going to be even higher. One key insight Maria dropped on me in this interview. She said November 3rd is not election day. It's election deadline. People are already voting. So let's go. Now for the interview. Hi, my name is Maria Teresa Kumar, and I'm the founding president of Voto Latino, the largest voter registration outfit in the Latino community, because we believe that a strong, robust democracy depends on all of us. Maria, can you describe what's the typical method of registering people to vote and what is the Voto Latino method and, and why is it different and better? Yeah, so the typical method is uh, waiting for someone in front of a Walmart and trying to convince them to register. And you can imagine how that could be hard if you have a couple kids in tow, right? Or knocking on doors, right? In COVID era, that becomes really hard. And in the Latino community in particular, since there's so much anxiety among anybody knocking on your door, even if you're a U.S. citizen, that creates another friction of participation. And so 15 years ago, I set out with my partner in crime, Rosario, and she's like, what do you think if we do a PSA campaign? And That's Rosario like, Dawson. Dawson, Dawson, yes. <laughs> I love that she's just dropping the first names, though. She's clearly your partner. Keep she's going. Amazing. No, she's amazing. So she had done a whole bunch of PSAs. And yeah. she's like, do you think we could do anything more than this? And that's around the same time I met her. And I was like, well, how hard can this be? Oh my gosh, 15 years later, the experiment is finally coming to fruition. <laughs> so the idea was to register voters online and to register Latinos at scale. And this is what during a time when someone was telling us that Latinos didn't speak English, that what was social media, what did, you know, and how do, why would you use celebrity voices? And so this was back again, 16 years ago. And now I can tell you that in that year, we registered 2,400 people. As of this morning, January 1, we have registered over 367,000 individuals since January 1. And we are talking to roughly 15 million people a month across our social media channels. Wow. And what's your goal for 2020? Ideally, it would be endless. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an upper limit on the population, right? <laughs> so the biggest challenge of the Latino community is closing the voter registration gap because we have 32 million Latinos who are eligible to vote, but only half of us are registered. And of the 15 million that are unregistered, 10 million of us are under the age of 33. Mm. And 4 million of us are brand new voters since the 2016 election. So you have 4 million young voters who heard the president call their family, loved ones, rapists and criminals who are eligible to cast a ballot this year. And so our voter registration is concentrated in six states 
Okay. where we believe they could make the most impact, meaning that they could flip a Texas, they could flip Florida, they could flip Arizona, they could flip Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. And our goal is to register at least 500,000 folks. But to be honest, we're actually closer on track to registering over 650,000. That's an incredible number. And I want to understand, you've been at this 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about what it what actually works uh, because you described this Walmart parking lot scene and I can imagine that does not work. And some celebrity voices probably don't work if they're not really connecting to folks. So over these years of experimentation, what have you learned about what actually works to get people to register and to actually vote? The number one thing is you have to talk to them and you actually have to create a space, right? So when we started Voto Latino, if you ask someone to register to vote, but the moment that they walk out, Everything that government does for them is broken. Their schools are broken. They don't have access to health care. They don't have wage equity. It's hard to convince someone that voting will make a difference, right? And so at Voto Latino, when I say we talk to 15 million people a month, we're educating people about what happens when you have a good government. What happens when you vote? What happens with how do you actually transform the healthcare system, the educational system, address the environment, get background checks on people, making sure that you have good DAs for police reform? That then people start making the connections. And I can tell you that the difference is that when we started doing this work, getting people to make the connection, for example, between protesting and voting was almost impossible. Why was it? Really, really hard. Because no one was used to the protesting and they were starting to learn a habit of protesting and then they would still vote and wouldn't see any difference. This past June, when Voto Latino, we were planning on registering roughly 20,000 folks in June. When we connected the tragic death of George Floyd and the protesting happening and the importance of going to the ballot box to change your leadership, we saw a 2,700% increase in our voter registration numbers from the previous month. We registered 21,000 folks in three days. Yeah. And we registered over 100,000 in the month of June. And that was because in the Latino community, and this is where, again, it's generational, but people don't get it. Like, what is happening in the African-American community resonates and hurts so much in the Latino community because we are experiencing so many unfortunate levels of policing as well. Under this administration, you have 11 million undocumented immigrants that are constantly getting profiled. But in reality, it's 60 million of us, right? Because no one knows who's mm-hmm. documented and who's not. And so when you talk to a mother and talks about having that conversation, that talk with their, with their kids, it's the same talk, but no one talks about it out loud because people are ashamed and they're they're scared, right? What is that fear, Maria? Well, it's a real anxiety about being targeted and hurt by the people that you may call to your front door because you might have instances of domestic violence or being shot. There's a horrible incident in Los Angeles where this young man, 18 years old, undocumented kid, he was moonlighting uh, as a security guard at an auto shop. And shortly after George Floyd, he was shot close to 17 times in the back by on-duty police officers. And he was moonlighting because his parents had lost their jobs to COVID. He was just trying to make ends meet. And there's no accountability, sadly, in some parts of the police force. So Latinos really get it. And so when we started talking about the issues specifically around health under COVID, when we start talking specifically about jobs under COVID and racial inequities among Blacks and Latinos, that was through the roof. 
because even though we don't discuss it, we know that it is something that is an epidemic as well, sadly, in the Latino community. And Trump hasn't made it easier, obviously. Yeah. He is very much of you're either, it doesn't matter if you're here as a fifth generation American citizen, if you're brown, you might as well have ne never shown up. I mean, that is that type of strife. And sadly, you have hate crimes really skyrocketing because it's not just the government, it's all of a sudden the agency that other folks have that say, okay, well, you know, I just have to point out sadly what happened with El Paso, right? Are there stories that you have of making this connection from voting back to the quality of people's lives that sort of keeps you motivated that you can kind of show people who ask you, why should I vote? And you have this result that you can point to and say, look, yeah. this made a difference. What, what are those examples for you? So until 2018, it was very much small pockets of it. But 2018, we saw something remarkable. For the very first time, we saw Generation X, Y, and Z outvote their older generation. And it was also the most diverse group of Americans that ushered in the most diverse Congress. So in 2019, we brought in the most women, the most Muslims, the most LGBTQ, the youngest generation, the most Latina, the most veterans, you name it. It was the most that reflected our country. The most American. The most Americans that actually, you know, and it only took us 455 years, almost, right? <laughs> it was really easy. But, but what was really exciting about that piece is that, and people will say, and this is where we have to make sure that there's a case for why we need diversity in entertainment, why we need diversity in Silicon Valley, why we need diversity in our schools. That new legislative body that reflected our values most came up with 400 pieces of legislation that is a blueprint to our America that we deeply believe in. It talked about modernizing our elections. It talked about background checks. It talked about policing and reforming policing. It talked about making sure that there was a pathway to citizenship for immigrants. It talked about the environment that, oh my gosh, climate change is real. Let's address that thing. So there's 400 pieces of legislation that this diverse body was able to discuss and actually pass that now is basically rotting away at the Senate because Mitch McConnell and the rest of the Senate does not look like America. Mm. So when people say my vote doesn't matter, it's like, no, no, no. Tell me your issue because I bet you they've passed it. I was never able to say that before. <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. 
you know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know, when I hear about the Black community or read about the Latinx community, I know enough to know that there's multiple communities within that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so within the Voto Latino universe, I'd love to ask you about what that Latino or Latinx community is. And in particular, those who actually support this president, which you know are headlines that I'm coming across, and you're closer to these voters and, and the issues. Can you break down uh, some of the segments within the, the Latinx community and that segment that is pro this president? Yeah. So first of all, we're talking about uh, over 30 countries in Latin America, right? And trying to bring everybody here. So I always remind people that Italy didn't become Italy until they landed here, right? <laughs> They're just like every other region. <laughs> yeah, ask a Sicilian, ask a Northern <laughs> right. Italian. Exactly, that's right. Right. Like, so that's kind of what we're seeing here, right? But, but this is the thing. In Latin America, what you have is that people still hold on to their roots. And then they come to this country and they're reminded mm-hmm. that they're anything but an individual, right? They're oftentimes put together. And in the Latino community, though, this is where I think there's great opportunity. And when I say that our job at Voto Latino is to market democracy, we're talking to a vast majority of Latinos who are under the age of 33. 60% of all Latinx are under the age of 33. They're super young. So the mode, like the majority of of whites are 54. You're sitting down. The majority of Latinos are 11 years old. Like when I say young, they're super young. Not the average, but it's like the most, it's like where they cluster. So if you were to see yeah. like a map and you see yeah. all these like little bumps, 
58 over here, 11 years old over here, wow. right? So we're very young communities, which is not surprising why they are trying to pass voter suppression before we could even vote because they're preparing, they're trying to prepare a disenfranchised group of Americans for the future, right? And so the other thing I also remind folks is that 24% of Latinx, we identify as black. We're from, my, my family's Caribbean, right? I, mm -hmm. I was born on Cartagena, right? So that so we identify as black. You also have a whole group of people that also don't identify as black, right? <laughs> like I, or, or as of color, right? Yeah. And that gets more complicated. Specifically in Florida is you see a lot of first wave of Cubans that came that were brought over by Ronald Reagan, who very much espouse this idea that free markets are the answer to everything. And it's an older generation that really much believe in what Donald Trump has to sell. He has scared them to believe that the Democrats are into socialism and communism. And I like to remind them is that if they believe in Social Security and if they believe in Medicare, that is government doing good by its people. And that's technically a government program. And this is where I think that the Biden campaign could improve is that for most Latinos and for a lot of communities of color, we don't have supplemental income that for most Social Security and Medicare represents. Medicare is our health plan when we retire. And Social Security is basically our retirement plan when we retire. Like nothing else is coming in the door, yeah, right? Yeah. And so when the president says that he's going to take away payroll taxes, that sounds nice as a small business unless your health plan and your retirement plan happen to be Social Security and Medicare, right? Yeah. So, so it's kind of, it's opening that up. But but then you also have a very group of folks that are just very con older, for the most part, that are just conservative and are very much aligned with uh, with anti-choice. That's not the case for young Latinos. Young Latinos, mm. the people that we mobilize, are disproportionately, if you ask them what they care about in order of preference, it is right now it's racial inequities, it's health care, it's jobs in that order, and then the environment. And then you talk about immigration and the sixth one now is talking about gun reform. Those are young people in Texas. You mentioned voter suppression and we've seen a lot of attempts to discredit parts of the voting process, whether it's the count or the delivery of mail. Um, I'm curious about the other side, you know, because you work across all the states, what states are doing a good job of encouraging voters, of protecting the vote? Are there any models that we should try to replicate and hold up as a positive example of this is how you support the voting franchise. I love that question. I would say that California, where you are, is one of the best. It's such a large system that is still getting new kinks because it's trying to modernize quickly. But I'll give you an, an example. If you're 16 in California, you're pre-registered to vote. That's huge. We actually had to pull out of California because you guys were doing such a great job. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yes. like, I was like, I you guys. <laughs> Secretary Padilla is one of a close friend. And when he told me his, his plans, I said, well, you're going to put me out of business. That's fantastic. <laughs> but that should be your goal, right? That is our goal. No, yeah. like you want to register all the voters. I mean, our, look, this idea that a third party organization has to do a government function of registering voters is actually absurd. My job should be about encouraging people to vote for an issue and for a candidate. Like that's that's what my job should be persuading you, you know, who you should vote for. But a government function, like you don't depend the government doesn't depend on a government function to collect your taxes, you know? Like, like not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> right. So you cited the great California Republic as one example of, you know, the opposite of voter suppression, voter encouragement by pre-registering 16-year-olds. Mm -hmm. What are a few other examples of people doing it right. Yeah, I'd say Colorado. In Colorado, you don't have a voter registration deadline. 
You can just show up with your ID and you can register and you can vote the same day. That's fantastic, right? And you have pre-voting, meaning that you can actually vote before the actual November 3rd. Because so many people are going to be interested in the election this year, we should think of November 3rd is as our deadline. That's the last day to vote. And right. the more we can bank our vote, that is going to make a difference. Because one of the things that I'm concerned with is that there's going to be so much participation that everybody's going to wait until the last minute. Now, as a Latina, we wait for the last minute for everything. Not this time, guys. I need everybody to like <laughs> bank their vote. <laughs> If I if I'm talking to my fellow black folk, I'm like no CP time. This no, time. no, we're, no, no. Exactly. We're showing up yeah. early. We're showing no up early. No people color time, guys. No people color time. <laughs> I have one more at least follow up. I think <laughs> it's about how Vota Latino operate. You said social media. You use the word technology. You're engaging people who are under 33 by and large. What do you actually do? How does it work? What are your techniques? <laughs> so imagine someone selling you. Nike's online and you double click on it, right? So yeah. Vota Latino, we basically market democracy all the time. And we identify where you are and not to sound creepy, we try to use it for good. <laughs> we try to yeah. get you to register. Once you register to vote with Voto Latino, then we start actually providing you with the information that you need. So where's your voting booth? Have you made a plan to vote? Have you? And we try to make it all inclusive. So if you were to tell me that you really cared about the environment, once you're part of our world, we will tell you when it's time for you to call your member of Congress on the environment. If you want to volunteer, we'll pull you in and you can volunteer from the comfort of your home. If you text volunteer to 73179, you can just start texting fellow voters to go out and vote to about the issues they care about. And then what we do is that for those folks that are really into it, we basically we do volunteer programs where they actually come and get trained. So, for example, on October 2nd, we're going to have our power summit. It's going to be virtual this time. Normally it's in person, but it's usually about 500 young people that are really aggressive of trying to change their neighborhood neighborhoods and we train them on everything they need to do, including running for office. And the idea is that we have to flip the script. When people say that the system is rigged, I say, no, let's be clear. The system works for those who occupy. We are part of the largest, most diverse generation of Americans. It's time that we flex and that we occupy our institutions because they're still using our taxes. They might as well put our taxes to work for good. At least most of ours. They're not using the president's because he doesn't, he doesn't do that. <laughs> That got me pretty fired up in the idea of, of marketing democracy. It's almost like Voto Latino is like the first step, you know, and then, yeah, then it's, it's, you're following through in terms of the volunteering and the contacting your, your representative. Are there things that you have planned that you're excited about in terms of how your model is going to continue to evolve? So I'll share with you, we started about four years ago, we started encouraging young Latinos to run for office. That was part of our, you know, an experiment. And since that time, we've had six people run of the six, five of one, and they're all the youngest in their chamber. So the youngest in their school board, the youngest in city council, and currently the youngest in Congress. And so what we would like to do is basically build off of that and just encourage more people to run for office. I think that what folks don't realize is that young Latinos, they've been navigating America for their families long before they turn 18 years old, uh, oftentimes simply because they know the, the language. I was translating for my mom when I was six, seven years old, you know, always with this nervousness of when I was with my grandmother in the doctor's office, am I going to get her medication right? I mean, like some stuff that's kind of big and quite frankly, translating less well when it came to school. <laughs> oh, just con conveniently. I don't know how to translate this particular note from this. <laughs> 
Yeah. But you're saying that a lot of folks in the Latinx community have experience navigating the system on behalf of their families. Or... Right. For everything but democracy. Right. We know how to buy the best cell phone plan because we're getting marketed that. Right. <laughs> but when it comes to democracy, we don't. And so, look, only eight out of 50 states require civic education to graduate from high school. When you're in places like Texas, where close to a good 60, 70 percent of our kids are of color, where are they learning democracy? So we try to fill at Vitalism, we try to fill that gap yeah. because, again, our democracy is only as strong as our participation. And when we have such a lopsided participation where only one side with one viewpoint is participating, we get what we get right now in the White House. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so our job is to flex. And again, we're going to be the largest generation coming out to the polls. You're going to have 12 million more young voters than baby boomers for the first time. Two thirds of them who are young people of color. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. 
The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We have a belief in this show about the word citizen. Mm-hmm. And we are interpreting it not as a legal status, but as a verb. If you were to interpret the word citizen as a verb, what does it mean to you? I citizen for my neighbor, right? Our job, my job, I think everybody's job is to recognize that COVID has exposed over 50 years of what the civil rights movement was about. That there were institutional inequities in our system that uh, where the fault lines were around race and gender. And if you look at disproportionately the people who were at the front lines, our communities always knew we were essential workers, right? And COVID has exposed what that means. It means sacrificing sometimes your family time and sometimes sacrificing your bodies uh, to ensure that our families can be fed, but so can the country can be nurtured. And so... Uh, for us to citizen right is to address the neediest and most vulnerable around us. I do think that COVID, while as painful as it's been, is giving us an opportunity uh, of a generation. FDR, you know, right after the Great Depression, had the opportunity to reimagine and think what America meant. And that meant providing public schooling, meant providing social security, it meant providing fair wages because you actually were able to organize under a union. You had like this a whole list of what our priorities were as Americans. COVID is going to allow us to think as audaciously and as big. And what we need to do is that we need to citizen right so that everything is possible to recalibrate where we are. I don't think that there's now an American who can't say that where you grow up and your zip code and the color of your skin or your gender don't matter. If anything, COVID has demonstrated those fault lines are very real. But as you know, I mentioned, I have two little ones that are six and eight years old. They're technically the beginning of what is called the majority minority country where no one is a majority. I always say, you know, the, the future has been born and we're not ready. So just like, you know, World War I defined America and the world for the 20th century, one can claim that the 20th century started February 2020. And how we actually legislate coming out of that, out of the pandemic, is where we are uh, for our citizens, but also for the world at large. Are we going to step up to that leadership that is so, so needed? Yeah. Watch out, America. (laughs) Uh, Maria Teresa Kumar, thank you for your time. I I think there's one, I, I'm already registered and I double check every week. But if I weren't, I would register through Voto Latino mm-hmm. just so you could market democracy to me. And I'd <laughs> love to experience that. There's also something you made me think of when, when you described very young Latinx folks having to navigate on behalf of their families. That's representative democracy right there. Mm-hmm. Like there's a constituency and you're in a service position and you have to understand and, and sort of provide in this way. So it's not surprising that five of your six won. 
if that's the group that you're pulling from with that depth of experience. Uh, is there anything you want to add on this topic of voting or how to be a citizen? I think more than anything, we just want to make sure that you have a voting plan. Make sure, like just like you make a plan to go to the doctors or you know go go on a date, like make a plan for voting and try to do it early, the fastest you can do it. Because I will tell you this, usually on November 3rd on election day, everybody's calling the shots. Everybody's going to say, oh, this person's going to win. This year, we're not going to have that. And we have to be prepared. But a lot of people, millions of us are going to be voting by mail. And as a result, some of them, it's going to take us sometimes weeks to count them. Like in Georgia, it took us two weeks after the Georgia primary to count those all those ballots. So one, be a savvy voter. So if someone tells you on November 3rd that we know who won, they're fooling you. We don't know. Okay, so just give every let it let it work through the system because, you know, every vote does count. And number two, the more that the folks on the progressive side, the more that people vote, it inspires other people to come along and they feel like they're part of the winning team. And media being the media will start creating narratives of who's winning, right? And so don't wait until the last minute, start banking early. And the more that we start banking those votes, the more we could actually control the cycle and inspiring people to come out and saying, oh my gosh, my vote, I do see a difference. I keep telling people that there's only 36 days till dawn, but I need everybody to participate. (laughs) Thank you, 36 days till dawn. We are looking forward to that sunrise. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. We want to thank Maria Teresa Kumar again for taking time out of a very, very busy schedule in the middle of election season to talk with us. Please follow Voto Latino on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Visit their website at votolatino.org. There are some amazing resources there, even if you're not Latinx. You can find this entire episode, the transcript, the calls to action, always at howtocitizen.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode and others, please leave a review and tell someone you know. Put it up on social media. Word of mouth is the best way to grow a podcast. And we think this thing we're doing with you here is something worth growing. So we'll see you out there on the socials. Now, let's get into the set of actions we're offering up for this episode. There's a lot, and I'm not asking you to do everything, but I want to give you options because everything feels like it's on the line. On the internal front, here are some of the things you can do. The first thing I want you to do is just prepare yourself emotionally. We have this historic expectation that we know an election result the morning after quote-unquote election day. And as I've repeated many times in this episode, we are in election season. These are election weeks, and November 3rd is just the deadline. But because so many people are voting by mail, uh, and because this race could be very close and come down to a few states, assume we won't know. And brace yourself emotionally for that, plus all the nonsense that you know is going to happen between now and then and possibly after. Make a plan to vote and act on it now. If you haven't voted yet, make your plan. Figure out how you're going to vote who you're voting for. Plan this like it's the biggest day of your life. I'm talking about get the lint out of your shirt, brush your teeth, get that mouthwash going. You don't just run out into an amazing first date that could be the potential for the rest of your life. So don't just run out and mark up your ballot without informing yourself. Don't just make up the rules. Take the time to figure out how you want to get this done and start. I would even say pause me right now and just figure some of this stuff out right now. 
If you can, vote early and in person. It's still the most ideal way to vote in this election. If you're unable to do that, if you don't feel safe doing that, obviously don't do that. But if you do and you have a choice, take that route. There's a great resource with state-by-state information, whenweallvote.org. Look up your state there, see what your options are, and then confirm them with your county elections website yourself. And if you plan to vote by mail, sometimes called absentee balloting in states like Wisconsin, make sure you're registered and fill it out and submit it very, very carefully. You got to follow those directions to a T. I'm holding my California mail-in ballot in my hand right now. And it's, it's confusing. And I read a lot, you know, so just take your time with it. Do some breathing exercises. Double check everything. Don't give anyone any excuse to not count your vote or to challenge it. There's a bonus round here for those who are feeling a little more partisan. uh, But I I don't even think in the season we're in now that supporting Joe Biden for president is partisan. I think he is a pro small D Democrat right now. And the other candidate has shown his colors as not being down for people power. So phone, bank or text and adopt a swing state. I'm going to send you to votesaveamerica.com. They have a whole battleground states adoption program. Uh, You don't actually adopt all the people in the state, but you take them on from an electoral perspective to try to make sure people are voting there because it counts a little more because of the electoral college at the federal level. But you pay attention to your whole ballot, all right? Now, there's more. Like I said, many options on the more external facing stuff that involves other people. Make the, the phrase, have you voted, the new how are you in your conversations. Like, I want you to check in with the people you care about and be like, oh, that was a crazy week. Have you voted? I want you to log into your Zoom and just flood the chat with, have you voted? Make that a social norm. It is healthy peer pressure to encourage people to flex their power. And once you voted, you let everybody know. I, I want you posting that I voted sticker on your body. So they show up in all your web things and your grocery store visits. And I want you posting on social media. Use the hashtag I voted with the hashtag how to citizen. Lastly, on the action front, this is a bigger lift. But if you're feeling particularly young and healthy and energetic, volunteer to be a poll worker. Because of COVID-19 and the generally older age of our poll workers, we have a severe shortage of poll workers in many parts of the U.S. Visit powertothepolls.org and consider becoming a poll worker yourself. Encourage people you know to volunteer. Bring a friend with you. More poll workers means faster voting, means more people get to exercise their power, means a happier Baratune Day host of How to Citizen with Baratune Day. If you take any of these actions, let us know. Email us, actions at howtocitizen.com. Mention voting in the subject line. Brag online about your citizening using the hashtag howtocitizen. And we're always open to general feedback, guest recommendations, actions you have in mind, uh, comments at howtocitizen.com. You can also text me. I'm at 202-894-8844. Put citizen in there so I know how you found me. And share your ideas that way, too, if you prefer texting. I'm reading them all myself. This has been an extraordinary pleasure. We have more voting episodes coming. So stay tuned. 
And more importantly, make your plan or work with someone you know who can vote to make their plan. And let's have record flexing of power. How to Citizen with Barrett Zunde is a production of iHeartRadio Podcast, executive produced by Miles Gray, Nick Stump, Elizabeth Stewart, and Baratunde Thurston. Produced by Joelle Smith, edited by Justin Smith, powered by you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.